Welcome to Eyewitness <laughs> News this morning's at 10. Um, we're going to watch the temperatures today. We had a little icy start this morning. We had some real yes, slippery spots. We did. We're taking the temperatures up a little bit, but I'm also afraid we're going to have to knock it back a little bit on Friday. I'm not quite sure we're going to get to that 60 no, degree we were I know, yeah, I know. But you know what? I'll take the I 50s. That's, I, that, that's which is, still good. That which is, is legitimate. Lining, right? Especially since the average is what, 39, you 39 said? 39 would be yeah. where we would shuttle. So if we get to 53, you know, that's, that's great. Fine. It's that's like fine. when you try to say, All hey, right. kids, here's half a cookie for dessert. <laughs> and then they scream because they want the whole cookie. Just I half. get it. But at I like least that. It, it sounds sweet. But we'll take what we can get because we're in deep winter, folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. We're also going to be talking today about ghost cars. We've talked about this before, but this has become a huge issue for the city. You're not going to believe how much money the city's losing to drivers. New York City, people who are using these fake or obstructed license plates that mm -hmm. we've been talking about, mm -hmm. even more scary. It appears that uh, one in three news anchors had one of their license plates so, stolen. Not sure if it has anything to do with ghost cars. But, right. Yeah, who um, knows? I mean, one in three at this table. Yeah, no, what happened to me? We'll get into it. I mean, it's one of those things that it's just so frustrating and it's a lot of money that's being really spent on trying to fight. So this. what do you do? Yeah, right. we'll right. detail all that. Also ahead, Manhattan's district attorney putting up some cash transfer apps on notice. His message, get better at protecting consumers. We're talking about Zelle, Venmo, Nina Pineda had a chance to talk with the DA. She'll be joining us at the table to recap that conversation and dig deeper into yep. this problem and what you can do to protect yourself. I, I love this story because they have acted like it's not their problem. It's our, it's only our problem. But if we download your app, yeah. you need to help us out. So Nina's going to get to the table to talk about that. There's yeah. also, uh, imagine you're having an event at your home or someone's in yeah. your home mm -hmm. and they take a cookie and they die they have an allergic reaction oh. to it. So there's a batch of cookies from Stu Leonard's after a man tragically mm -hmm. died from an allergic reaction that are now off the shelf. It's a recall um, in Connecticut. So we're gonna talk to an allergist about what we can do ourselves yeah. and how maybe you can spot it in someone who's having an allergic reaction. Because they probably did their due diligence. They looked at the ingredients label, didn't add peanuts. Yeah. Mm. That was so, the big problem yeah. there. So we'll talk so, about it. I definitely. think that's important. I think you'll want to know that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, and in just a few hours, the mayor is going to be giving his state of the city address. We'll be talking about that. Um, and one of the leading topics, of course, that we've been talking about, the asylum seeker right. crisis. And, you know, when you talk about the asylum seeker crisis, so many have been spending their nights out in these conditions. And so anytime there's any little wobble of improvement with these conditions, we're talking about people working outside mm -hmm. as well. And it seems like we're getting at least positive, maybe not the run at 60s right. later this week, but at least we're getting in the right direction. Look, our yeah. trend has been milder than normal. There's no doubt that you know we had this shot of brutal cold air yes. and we all lived through it, but it's been milder than normal. <laughs> we're at 42 degrees right now. Our normal high temperature, Shalene said at the top of the show, is 39 degrees. You know it's normally colder than this outside, but but the issue that we're talking about the temperatures is northern areas that started below the freezing mark this morning. Some of this moisture that moved through had a little icy edge to it. Now this is a loop of the last three hours. You can see there's just some scattered showers that are in the Hudson Valley right now. This winter weather advisory was supposed to come completely down at 10 a.m. I left it up just to see if they did this and they fractioned it off a little bit because there's still some moisture in the air. So be careful if you're in northern parts of the area as temperatures are near the freezing mark. Most of us are at the 40s. We are all day long. There's some rain that comes back at us after five o'clock tonight and it becomes a pretty rainy night for us and we'll go through that when we get a chance to be a bigger forecast but it's cloudy all day long okay okay
So now let's go back to that state of the city address with the mayor, the issue, the migrant crisis. Uh, the mayor's office saying that just yesterday that as many as 172,000 asylum seekers yeah. have come through their intake system since the spring of last year. When we talk about the migrant crisis, a major part of that housing, homelessness, and last night, New York City outreach workers and volunteers spent the night conducting this year's so-called Hope Count ultimately used to assess just how much federal funding this city should get for shelters. Now, and we wouldn't know this, and you would normally expect that just anybody out on the streets would be counted in this hope count. But apparently, they're making a big point to tell us now that asylum seekers are included. Eyewitness News reporter Phil Tate has been live in the East Village all morning long for us uh, with more. Hey, Phil, um, good job this morning, by the way. I know you'll have more at noon, but, but what's going on out there right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, what's happening right now is we're all really just gearing up for that state of the city, which is just two and a half hours away. And as you all have been sharing those updates, I mean, the migrant crisis is really what is the mayor is going to be talking about this afternoon. This is officials really just try to care for the thousands that are already in the system. And then those who are trying to reapply to make sure that they can get that added assistance. We're actually outside of an intake center right now. We've just seen people continue to go to that door as they just try to get inside. Now, I spoke with one man and, you know, we actually actually had a pretty good conversation for some time and you know he unfortunately just shared with me what his experience has been like these past few months just take a lesson this uh, line every day one week no wash uh, no no sleep fine no eat no good fire yeah. Yeah, scenes of a looming migrant crisis that just remains visible just outside of this reticketing site with a line wrapped around at St. Bridget's School. In recent days, just across the street from this site, many have been sleeping outside Tompkins Square Park. Well, just last night, city outreach workers and volunteers combed through the boroughs trying to spot anyone sleeping outside, as you all mentioned just moments ago. And this is all a part of the homeless outreach population estimate. The city's annual street homelessness census that Deputy Mayor Ann Williams Isom said would include asylum seekers sleeping on streets. Now, as we await for those numbers to come in, the administration says a 30-day restriction is critical to maintaining capacity in the shelter system. This is not sustainable for us to just continue. We're, we're 172,000 now have come through our system. Imagine if we had no policy at all. <laughs> it's unbelievable that people think that New York City taxpayers can pick up this task forever without any type of policy in place. This was a smart policy of telling people, listen, you have to become self-sustaining. Again, yeah, just important to note, the city's tally, it's federally mandated. And what it does, is it really gives a clear picture for how many people are living without shelter. And then as the city is also reaching out to the federal government, just trying to get some more dollars to help and aid, well, it will allow the federal government to know how many people this city is really caring for as they've been sharing with us over the past year. That's the latest in the East Village this morning. I'm Phil Tate, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. Thanks for the check-in, yeah. Because at 10 a.m. it's important to check in, but I know there's a lot of breaking news coming by noon. Yeah, yes, right. exactly. No um, such a massive problem. Thank you, Phil. And while the asylum crisis will be a big part of the state of the city, housing 
across the city will also play a big role in his speech. Mayor Adams is expected to announce a plan to turn two dozen city-owned properties into affordable housing. That plan, plus an ambitious effort to advance 24 housing projects, could create 12,000 affordable homes throughout the five boroughs. He'll also announce the creation of a new cabinet who will ensure access to information for all tenants as well as expanding the city's homeowners help desk which reaches more than 16,000 New Yorkers and separate uh, from the many housing projects a 55 million dollar redesign to the Chinatown Plaza giving the neighborhood a new public space. Oh. Some other big stories we're following right now. Police looking for an attacker who stabbed a man in Times Square last night. Cops say this all stemmed from a fight over a cigarette. The victim stabbed in the face on West 43rd Street. Police believe the suspect used a screwdriver for the attack. The victim says the argument all started when his attacker asked him for a smoke. He responded with no. Now that victim is in the hospital in stable condition. The attacker ran away. Well, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez is asking a New York judge to toss out much of the evidence in the bribery case against him. He claims investigators illegally searched his home as revenge after a previous case in 2017 ended in a deadlock jury. Hmm. According to court documents, Menendez's attorneys say prosecutors distorted evidence. Menendez, his wife, and three businessmen are, are charged with bribery. All have pleaded not guilty. Police are looking for the driver who injured an NYPD officer while driving off from an attempted traffic stop. This all went down around 6 last night on the Harlem River Drive. Officers say they tried to pull over a car they believed was stolen. Then the driver sped away, hitting the door of the officer's oh. patrol car, which then hit the officer. That officer in stable condition. A developing story overseas, a Russian military plane has crashed near Ukraine. Russian news agencies say at least 74 people were on board that plane. 65 of the passengers were Ukrainian prisoners of war who were being transported for a prisoner swap. Russian officials have said that they are aware of an incident, but have not given any details. Mm. Let's get back to the city and talk a little bit about the effort. Um, police say they put a lot of effort into cracking down on speeding in our town. So the city control offices while speed cameras have done a great job. There's another thing that goes on with this. The city's actually losing nearly a hundred million dollars in possible tickets because people are using something they call ghost plates. Michelle Charlesworth has covered recent stories about yeah. a crackdown in a bus that happened on Staten Island because of this issue. It's really a growing trend that has drivers either mm -hmm. obscuring license plates or using counterfeit plates. And just in the last five years, the comptroller, Brad Landers audit, showing speed camera rejections for unreadable plates increased by more than 5,000 percent. That, that's not a little. And yeah, a I mean, does the risk outweigh the, the reward? Good question. We, we don't know. But just <clears throat> so you know, getting caught with a fake or obscured license plate could cost you a lot of money, up to $300 in a ticket. Is it worth it for you? Probably not. Overall, the controller's audit does say that speed cameras are working. Some areas saw as much as a 90% decrease in speeding cars. Yeah. And that's the goal, right? Our goal is to keep pe the streets safe for people. And, you know, anytime we implement something, everyone, someone's going to try. It's New York. Someone's going to try to figure out a way to get around it. And people right? get pretty elaborate. I mean, you've seen those mechanical sort of things that come out yes. where they cover up the license plate or they flip <laughs> to a different license that. plate. It looked like is, something got a Knight Rider. Yeah, Life hit the car. Exactly. And if, you could, all out. if you could channel that engineering into something positive, right. you know, per, or maybe that person is an engineer. Right. I have no idea. All I'm saying is that the people have gotten creative. <laughs> 
and now the city pushing back, especially with the financial strain that we're in right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about a concerning new report about the pollution that could be seriously impacting New Yorkers. The analysis focused on warehouse and census data and found about three million New Yorkers live within half a mile of a large warehouse. Yeah. So why does that matter, right? Well, because of all the pollution that those trucks that are going to those warehouses are creating. That's the problem. So the conversation about pollution has always included this idea of inequity in pollution that, um, you know, like you, you want neighborhoods to not bear the brunt just because the people who live in those neighborhoods are lower income. So you want this to be a fair situation where we have clean air for everybody. Um, moving on also to the onset of the pandemic meant a big boom in online shopping. And that meant that there were more warehouses. So people were shopping at these big warehouses. There were warehouses holding goods to be sent to other places. And so the people or the places that got the warehouses also got the pollution. Um, experts found the warehouses in the city primarily popped up in Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx, the areas that disproportionately impacted folks who live with less income than other areas in the city, so people of color in other areas of the city. So we, we want this to be more equitable. Actually, we want less pollution for everybody. Yeah, and, and one other note out of that study, it, it's showing that the rate of illnesses like childhood asthma is spiking in those same areas. In fact, check this out. Yeah. The pollution from warehouses can also put people at higher risk of heart disease, preterm births, oh. and worsen most existing chronic health issues. So a lot of issues health-wise tied to this, so that's something that certainly be mindful of. I mean, what do you do though, right? Where do you put the warehouses? You know, the, well, the first First thing you can do is eliminate um, auto emissions, right? So the first thing you can do is get that down as low as you can. Yeah. Change your fuel, you know, make a program. Because look, we know, and I get it's going to be hard. Yeah. I'm not saying this is going to be something we right. can do yeah, right away. Because not everybody has fifty, you know, forty thousand dollars right. for those greener, so, cleaner trucks. You know, right. Yeah. So, but but what we can do is start building that idea. Start saying, look, we want cleaner cars. Period. We want cleaner burning fuel. Period. Because our neighborhoods and our children and our elderly people who are getting sick deserve mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, one, one of the communities, Red Hook, um, was one of them, like, you know, for emissions with all those warehouses that are in those communities. You want to buy a property oh, in yeah. Red Hook? Red Hook's, yeah. It's yeah. pricey. It's pricey very, very yeah. pricey. Yeah. Do you want to pay for that? In Brooklyn, yeah. Living no, no. There. A big wow. move for Manhattan's district attorney. He is calling on cash transfer apps to better protect their consumers. DA Bragg says that services like Venmo, Zelle, Cash App are breeding grounds for theft. So what what in the world can we do about this? Because we talk about it all the time. And can I just say hallelujah? Yeah. In the Finally. words of a wise sage named Lizzo, it's about mm time. <laughs> it's about mm time. And you know what? D.A. Bragg, he's got multiple fish to fry. Yeah, a lot going on. The fact that he is jumping into this yeah. is a big deal because I was telling you guys in the break, if you hand someone your phone even to take a picture, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Lauren did this on vacation, handed someone a picture to take uh, a photo of her and her son and he was messing around. All you need to do is hit someone's, take someone's phone, hit Venmo, send yourself and you know, a thousand dollars, and then hand it back, and you'll and, never, and it, it, it's gone. And you right. think you're getting whoa. it? Oh, just don't whoa, give whoa, anyone whoa. your phone. Right. Don't there, do it. There, right. there are so many victims. You know, some of the victims that we've told you about here on the show, uh, the one thing called the Candy Kids. We have some VO of uh, this lady was in a, a young lady in a, her yoga studio. She thought she was donating to ca uh, candy, 
and they instead took her phone and Venmoed and zelled themselves $1,800, cleaned out her account. Oh. So, and then oftentimes people are getting a text, hey, did you make this transaction? And then you think you're talking with your bank mm -hmm. and you say yes and then you send it when it, and then when, and when it's just gone, it's gone. And D.A. Bragg in these letters that he sent to the three big financial apps uh, said, listen, your financial institutions are allowing this exploitation of these services right. and with convenience comes a price. I mean, who doesn't like to just send this? We want it fast. We want it but now. But thank you somebody yes, for saying exactly. it's not the consumer's so, own fault all exactly. the time. Um, so what are the so apps saying? He's saying, first he's saying add a second password, multi-factor authentication, and okay. impose some limits. Like if you've never sent money via this way before, don't let someone send like a, you know, $20,000 or $1,800 out of your account and then how about this common sense thing maybe just require a wait time you know that so you have a little bit of time to look look at things and just generally better much better um, monitoring standards you know he just said the DA said and we'll hear from him now mm -hmm. enough is enough Wow. people with two two clicks and you know 10 seconds can access uh, you know confidential financial information uh, that that could be transferred and you never see it again. So we need to just make this harder, put in default settings, uh, deter this conduct, uh, it'll make us all safer. We can fix this, there's an easy way to do it. We lay it out in our letter, others uh, and other industries have done it. Uh, so I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful uh, that, that with the light having been shined on it, uh, the app companies will act. Yes. The app companies act. I mean, what are they saying? They these can companies? do this with a couple of keystrokes. We reached out to PayPal, which owns Venmo, and they said they're partnering with law enforcement. They're also putting in these fraud detection tools. Oh, good. And then Zell said, you know, we are aware of these. They called it isolated incidents that the DA lays out in his letter and said that less than one tenth. This is from Zell. Less than one tenth of one percent is fraud. But they said fraud claims, once they're proven, have always been reimbursed. I am sorry, that is not the case. We have gone to bat for many people like this woman who zelled someone who th she thought was Bank of America oh. from South Amboy. They did not give her money back until we got involved. She needed a police report. We had to lean on them. So they can say what they're saying, right. that they're protecting customers, and they always have, but getting reimbursed and refunded mm. has never... I say this all the time. Yeah. Do not PR me. Fix the problem. Fix the Don't problem. Don't tell me how great you are until you fix the problem. Then I'll tell you how great you are. And that's what customer service is. Yeah, exactly. That is a, that's such a good point. Like, do something. So what can we do to not get scammed? Well, you want to make sure that when you get a, a text or something or okay. a, a link, don't click on it. Um, and never share your username or password. You might think it's coming from your financial institution or your utility, and they're asking you to fix something, and then it's really a scammer that's spoofing mm, the call. Mm, mm. So never respond to texts or calls because those numbers <laughs> can be totally hidden. And this is what most of it looks like. And this has really gotten a lot of people, and some in our own newsroom, mm. did you attempt this? Then you call that number back, or wow. someone calls you, and it says BOA, and then they say, listen, oh, you've been compromised. We need to shut your whole thing down. Oof. Give me your username and password. Uh. We'll start, we'll set up a new account for you. And then guess what happens? You get cleaned out. Man. So frustrating. So, and then last but not least, don't innocently give your phone to somebody to take a photo yes. of you and your adorable son, <laughs> like Lauren. She because, was, yeah. Aww. Because in a, it's just a couple of clicks.
Wow. Right? With convenience oh, comes a man. price. Well, and they're so popular. A lot of people they use sure. these. So I just Venmoed my dog walker like before the break. So easy. <laughs> Yeah, now it's good to know. Oh, All right. Just be All right. careful out there. I like what you said, Sam. Don't PR me. Don't PR me. <laughs> I'm tired of you telling me you're, you know, when I tell you there's a problem, that you tell me that you're great. No, fix the problem. Let's see, let's see if they're going to fix it, and we'll right. be watching. <laughs> yeah. We will be. Uh, coming up, a popular local grocery store now at the forefront <laughs> of a major recall involving a brand of cookie that ended up killing a New York man. We are joined by a doctor to discuss the warning signs for allergic reactions. Turning out to this major recall alert in Connecticut following the death of a man with a nut allergy who ate some cookies from Stu Leonard's. Florentine cookies sold at stores in Danbury and New Newington contained peanuts, even though they're not listed as an official ingredient. So the man who is from New York died after eating the cookies at a party. They were sold through the end of 2023. They had a Best Buy date of January 5th. So a lot of questions around this. Yeah, like for we were thinking, how do you even notice that someone's going through an allergy? Yeah. How do you spot it? How right. do you help them? It's a matter of life and death, clearly. So joining us now is Dr. David Rosenthal. Doc, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, Pediatric Allergy Services at Northwell Health, which means you know your stuff. So, um, I mean, just help us. If you see someone, what are the things we're looking for rather than I'm just trying to clear my throat to know they're having an allergic reaction? Great, thanks for having me. I think some of the really important things to look at are really gonna be the symptoms of a severe allergic reaction like anaphylaxis. That's gonna be difficulty breathing, an inability to kind of get air in and out in a, in a safe way, having a skin rash, sometimes hives appear or you have a large skin rash that's there, stomach involvement with nausea or vomiting that can occur, and also someone complaining of heart pain or chest pain or rapid heart rate. All of these things can be contributing to symptoms of anaphylaxis or a life-threatening allergic reaction after having something like this. So what can we do to help that person? We know that um, a lot of times, if you have these kinds of severe allergies, you have an EpiPen with you. Um, what if you don't have one with you? What is one to do if you're at a party and this is happening to one of yeah. your guests? So scary. So number one, I think the first thing we talk about is, is that if someone has an, an epinephrine auto-injector, and that could be their EpiPen, a generic EpiPen, an IVQ, any one of the, the medications that has epinephrine in it, you want to inject that immediately. If you don't have that, you can certainly give some Benadryl, but that's not going to be as effective. Mm. And what you must do is, is you must call 911. Even if you give the auto-injector, even if you give the epinephrine, it's essential that you call 911 so that the patient can go to the hospital and we can make sure they don't have what's called a biphasic reaction or have a reaction again that occurs a second time. Let's pull. The last thing is that... Sorry, I'm doctor, sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. The last thing is, is that if you receive one dose of the epinephrine and then 15 minutes later EMS is not there yet, you may need to give a second dose of the epinephrine. So it's important that people always oh. carry with them two doses oh, of I epinephrine. Didn't know that. And okay. I did not know Good that. To know. Well, that's the micro level. I wanted to pull out on the macro level because we were all having a discussion about peanut allergies in particular, doctor, and just how prevalent they are now and you know, maybe compared to 20, 30 years ago. And Shirlene and I have young kids, and so you know, we were now told and, and you know, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on your advice, but we were told that, it, you know, bring the, the child into the doctor's office and exposure is the key to limiting sort of the prolific nature of these peanut allergies. Although how, first of all, so if you could answer if that's correct, and then two, what is it, one to 2% one to of the, the population that suffer from a peanut allergy, I believe, in this country? Exactly. So we're seeing about 6.1 million people that have a suspected peanut allergy in the United wow. States. It's an enormous number. It, that and milk are the two most likely um, allergens that we're seeing right now oh. in the United States. 
But what we do need to do is, is there, the advantages is that we used to kind of hold off introducing allergens. And now actually multiple studies have come out that have talked about the benefit of introducing allergens early in a child's life. And so we're encouraging things like these puffed peanut things that we that kids can have when they can just start chewing things. Um, they sort of have a Cheeto consistency. You can do that um, and you can introduce that. It's also important that we're able to introduce other foods as early as possible. And the foods that you're showing up on the screen right now are the nine major food allergens, which we see in the United States. It's milk and peanuts, eggs, fish, shellfish, tree nuts, wheat, and soybeans, as well as sesame, which was the most recent that was added. All of these together really can make up a significant amount of allergies. And introduction of these foods early in life is what we're always encouraging. There you if go. someone does have a life-threatening allergic reaction, it's important you go see a doctor because an allergist can actually introduce these foods in the office through a graded introduction so mm. that you would not have a life-threatening reaction. That's exactly what, what you were asking. Ooh. Doc, I have one question about the Benadryl before we let you go and we move on quickly. Um, when I had an allergic reaction, they crushed up the Benadryl and gave it to me saying it would get into my body faster. Is that the recommendation? It's not specifically reason you need to do it. Usually absorption is going to occur very well either way if you have it crushed or non-crushed. Um, the, the Benadryl is not really the treatment for an acute allergic reaction. It's kind of a backup option that's available, and it's not going to hurt anything. But to stop anaphylaxis, you need an epinephrine auto-injector. That's why giving the auto-injection and calling 911 is so important. So there, is, there is certainly a hierarchy to um, the different kinds of allergic reactions, ones that are okay for Benadryl, others mm -hmm. that need that... Um, higher um, yeah. drug. No, I learned a lot. Absolutely. Such. I did too. Okay. Dr. Rosenthal, thank really you good. so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We've known it. We've always known it. It's the best city in the world. Everybody knows it. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, that kind yes. of thing, yeah. right? Even in songs. Exactly. There's so many songs. So many songs. <laughs> that we will not sing. Yeah, no. Well, we could, though. But Time Out Magazine has finally released its best cities, and the Big Apple takes the number one spot. Thank you, Time Out, for knowing. Yes. In a survey of 20,000 people, New York's food scene, yes. the architecture, yes. the culture, museums, theaters. I mean, we're unmatched, and that has pushed us to number one. Coming in at number two was Cape Town, South Africa, wow. uh, Berlin, mm -hmm. London, Madrid, topping out five, okay. top five. All right. Thank you, Time Out Magazine. I love you. So we talk about swatting. Mm -hmm. Now this is now do we we all know what swatting is, right? I didn't Julie, until you, were explaining you explained it. it in no, the break. you were. So like. basically, I guess this it's this <laughs> thing where people call and say something horrible is happening at this house. The SWAT team comes in, right. 911 comes in thinking, "Oh my goodness, we have to save someone." Turns out it's not true. Right. Yeah. And so it's a fake call. And, and so there's this bizarre thing happening, but this one's heartwarming over in the UK. So let's put it all together. This is happening in a chain of pubs called Witherspoon, mm -hmm. more than 900 locations across the country. So it's one of the biggest chains in the UK. Yeah. There's a cork in their mobile app used to order drinks that allows people to manually put in their location instead of using their location services on their phone. By oh, the way, okay. uh, Weatherspoon is called Spoons. They right. just call it Spoons in the UK. Uh, Weatherspoon's the game started, and people are now using that quirk in the app to send drinks to complete strangers. I love this concept. Oh, I get there it. There is a, an actual Facebook group where people post their table number, their location. It's a little desperate. Please send me free drinks. And then people tend to, like, you know, if they like your story and maybe they like your picture. Oh, it's like the empty coaster. Yeah. yeah. I very much like this. I very if much like this. they like your this. story and they like your picture, they will send you free 
drinks. All right, so it's got to be a big chain. So Applebee's, are you listening? Because I love this. <laughs> I, I kind of, I love this idea. This is a great The group concept. has more than half a million members, and they're also using the power of the game to help feed homeless folks. So one of the, because you can put any address you want in to send the food to. So, so I'm not sure that that's a lot of help, but it's just one thing you can do. But the ones who benefit from the game then vow to pay it forward. But if I'm sitting at a table and I put on my Facebook, send me a drink, and mm -hmm. people send me a drink, I I love people that. People have been getting floods of these drinks, but I looked it up. Moderators actually, they shut down the post when too many drinks are ordered. Um, yeah. Tequila, yeah. in okay. particular, yeah. seems to prompt a, a, a quick shutdown. I think I understand that. Yeah, you got to stick it. to the pints, probably but the beer. This sounds like fun and can be applied in so many other ways if people want to play that game. You know, all these apps. Yeah, yeah but so I like the people who are at home, staying in, giving somebody who is on a night out on right, the town or whatever right. a good time. So when I read Let's about this story, it. it got me searching for the oldest pubs yeah. in the UK, and I found one that dates back to 560 AD. So that's when they started serving alcohol. They didn't have the app back then. I, I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs>